0: Hey guys, we're the Hard Time Shawmen Podcast, turning a a bare class of man, and today we're digging into fieldcraft a little bit with a standalone episode on water. Today's reference is ATP 3-50.21 Survival. Alright guys, so this is our standalone episode. We've talked about water a lot, pretty much every time that we've done a fieldcraft or patrolling or preparedness, homesteading episode we talk about war a lot because shocker uh you kind of need it yeah but we wanted to dig into the survival handbook just to give a little more bare bones a little more uh fieldcraft bushcraft type approach type information tailored to that so this is more where you don't have infrastructure, where you don't have your best case scenario, you know, contingencies, all that good stuff.
1: You're in the back 40 so, is basically what we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> like, And this is
0: the, I don't have a good transition to get into this. This is a very heavy subject matter. It's a very dense episode. Yeah. So we'll try to break it down and give application the best we can but you've been warned. So general principles, if you have to choose between standing water or running water, always choose running water. You should always ensure that your water is properly treated, but if you can at least collect from a running source of water, you're already negating a lot of pretty nasty bugs that could crop up.
1: Oh yeah. Don't eat snow. You're... Body will have to melt the snow once you've eaten it, which is a really stupid way to waste calories. It'll also mess with your body's core temperature, and you don't want that thing dropping. Maybe it will drop here. <laughs> it's a really stupid way to get hypothermia. Yes.
0: And on a, you know, you can't be hard all the time note, it will chap your lips very quickly.
1: And that hurts, folks.
0: It it does hurt, but uh, I mean, if we're talking about a you know field crafty sense, okay, so that's a wide open place for you to get infection, especially if you're eating some questionable things or you know, fill in the blank there. Do not drink salt water ever, even a little bit. Stop it, seriously. Don't even think about it
1: at all. Period except for what? If it's been desalinated.
0: Which we're not talking about. Yeah, so there are ways to drink salt water. So, you know, boiling, desalinating, you know, there are there are ways to you know, to safely drink salt water, but if we're talking about just straight salt water, it's not worth it. Doesn't matter how thirsty you are, you are you're wrecking everything. Oh yeah, beyond beyond repair. Oh yeah, easy repair at least.
1: Ugh. It's a quicker, more efficient way to kill yourself. <laughs> so if you're dying of thirst. If you're so. into that thing, go that route. But if you're not, stay away from it. Don't drink water found in natural depressions. This is what we like to call stagnant water, which is nine times out of ten contaminated especially
0: in natural depressions. Depression, if you remember our landmass class, is landmass going towards a central point. Yep. Right? So it's a low point in the ground. So all the water that you're going to find in that natural depression has had everything else, trampling over it or running through it or... Yeah. You know, fill in the blank there or waste has, you know, sloughed off through there. It is the... The grossest of the gross, good stuff, water. It's probably not clear anymore. it's Not make, worth it. Not to mention
1: sitting in it. Yeah, that too. Thank you, Archer.
0: <laughs> Don't drink urine or alcoholic beverages. Alcoholic beverages, that's just going to dehydrate you more. It's going to you know, work on your liver and your kidneys, on everything. It's going to be not great time for you. And. If you were supposed to drink your urine, you wouldn't be urinating it out. Urine is waste, so please don't do that. Don't do it. And if you ever wondered why Unless you're going go through the whole bit of boiling it and everything else, oh, yeah, God. whatever, filtering it. Yeah,
1: but there's. Don't uh, don't drink from the tap. Yeah, folks. exactly. And if you've ever wondered why, after a long night of binge drinking, you wake up with a hangover, it's because you're super super dehydrated. Your body has had to pull water from the one place where it keeps water to keep you alive your brain that's why you get a hangover
0: we'll talk about it when we go over you know the renal system and everything but please (laughs) just don't drink your urine yeah just don't drink pee i know we haven't gone over the whole crash course on that yet like i promised we would but i will just
1: don't drink pee don't eat yellow snow this is this is stuff you should know already. In in fact, you should might as well, you might as well just consider all surface water contaminated by either human or animal waste. Then includes pee. Then includes poop. I mean, just filter your stuff. So if you find standing water,
0: if you find surface water. Exactly. Good rule of thumb, consider it t- contaminated. Yeah. Because you don't know what came before you, you know, run through that area. You don't know what, that water, you know, dripped off of, or what peed in it, or, you know, whatever you have to have these purification method measures in place, you know, but best case scenario, you need to be collecting from a, you know, a suitable, a safe source. And we'll get to that. So water expenditure. So how much water do we actually use? So for the manual, at 68 degrees Fahrenheit with limited activity, you will need between two and three quarts of water to maintain normal efficiency.
1: You lose about 1.4 quarts through peeing and another quart and through you'll sweat. Lose about a quarter through sweat. Yeah. Right. In
0: hot conditions, the water loss through your sweat can increase as much as three and a half quarts per hour. And you may, yeah. yeah. And if you have a, a casualty, who's a burn injury, they can lose up to five quarts per day. If you're sick, you'll lose even more water through vomiting and diarrhea. And this doesn't take into account. So that two to three quarts of water, uh, per day to maintain efficiency okay that's with limited activity now if you're soldiering if you're building if you're ma- you know if you have a higher level of activity both those numbers up man oh yeah those are rookie numbers and there is no toughing it out with water no there is no, no oh you don't actually need that much water you know you don't have to sweat.
1: Uh, Yes, if you, <laughs> yes, you do. If you are doing heavy activity and you are not sweating, you need to stop what you're doing and go drink water because you are about to freaking die. Be a casualty. Yep. Yeah. And so old age right.
0: Is you can live. What was that? Well, a couple weeks without food.
1: Uh, I think so. Yeah. And,
0: and three days without water. Okay. Yeah. Technically. Yes, you are. You will be living after three days without water. You aren't doing anything after the first day without water. You're dying. That's basically what you're doing is you're laying there. You're dying. Like you are not doing anything of value after a day of not having water. So I I don't, I don't know how to make this sound more important. You know, you, water is needed. Drink water. So going on to water <laughs> you trying to dig a knee, change your socks, drink water. Yeah. Uh, water collection and storage. So if you don't have your issued containers, if you don't have your store-bought containers, non-porous materials can be improvised. So plastic bags, tarps, gourds, sheets, hell, tree bark, anything that's non-porous and you can... You know, fashion in such a way where you're not going to be obviously losing that volume can be used. Preferably, you know, use clean. Yeah.
1: And along those yeah. And such. Along those lines, and talk about clean, let's talk about making your water drinkable, potable in frigid areas. You got snow and ice, melt it and purify it. Don't eat it without melting it. God, I can't say don't this enough. Don't eat the snow. Yes, don't eat the snow. Reek and melt it. It is not a snow cone. It is going to mess with your body.
0: Also, the snow or ice that you're collecting that water from is not purer than the water that it came from. Correct.
1: Like, when it freezes, so it doesn't just dirty like... Dirty water Yeah, that's frozen is still dirty water. Yeah. It's just frozen. It's not sloughing off whatever was in it once it freezes. Like it's it's not like the ocean water when it freezes it gets rid of some of its its salt if you can actually freeze it but it's if it's dirty like you said and it freezes that stuff's still staying in there
0: right and you know that's why we you know really harp on having your three ways of purifying water right so you should have mechanical filtration you should have chemical pure or purification and you should have a way to boil water. Yes, at, at all times while you're out you know this is why because just as a rule of thumb you can't trust water because it is th- a sneaky killer if you have you know water that's been contaminated we'll get into the bugs that you can run into towards the end of the episode but anywhere you collect you you know you need to assume that's dirty absolutely because that's a good rule of thumb yeah so at sea seawater if you have one available use a desalinator. You need to get the salt out. If not, uh you know you can boil it. You know use uh, what condensation evaporation, mm-hmm. you know whatever you need to do, but you cannot you must not drink salt water without it you know being desalinated with it still being salt water. It's
1: absolutely imperative that you don't. Uh, rain. You can catch the rain in tarps or in other containers. Uh, if the container is covered in salt, wash it in the sea before using. Very little salt will actually remain. Right, and that's where you can, you know, dry it off and everything else.
0: So we're just talking about volume. Yes, here is the, is the big thing. What this is equivalent to is like if you had, you know, a tall glass of water, just pinching a little bit of salt in it. That's not going to get you sick. You know, we're talking about the you know, full-blown salt water. For those of you who weren't landlocked and actually played in the beach as a kid, you know exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> Not great. Sea ice. For one, <laughs> for this episode, we're talking about like, you know, you're having a really tough day <laughs> and you're you're surviving at this point, right? You're having to use your field craft and your bushcraft. If you're encountering sea ice during S- this, Goodness, man. Yeah. Sucks to suck. Um sea ice is opaque or gray in color. If it if sea ice is opaque or gray in color, it's salty. Don't drink it without desalinating it. If C i if the sea ice that you encounter is crystalline or bluish, it has little salt in it. Still desalinate it.
1: Yeah, preferably
0: desalinate, but that one will be safer to drink. Correct. Than...
1: Than the tough stuff. Yeah, uh, so if you're on a beach, dig a hole deep enough for water to seep in, build a fire and heat rocks, drop your hot rocks in the water, hold the cloth over the hole to absorb the steam, wring the water from the cloth, wring the water from the cloth into a container to collect it. So, evaporation. Right. This
0: is also a really solid way to boil water. Yes. Without a open flame. Correct. if you aren't able to, you know, if you aren't able to cook over a flame, then, you know, same thing, hot stones, mm-hmm. throw them in there, it will boil the water. Same thing if you're trying to, you know, get a good, you know, longer lasting heat source, like in a, you know, in a shelter, heating rocks is a really good way to do that. You can also dig a hole behind the first group of sand dunes. So first group of sand dunes from, from the waterfront. Okay. So The water should be fresh water and salt free. Has to do with filtration of all the sand or
1: or, what were we saying? It should be. It should be. I wouldn't trust it, but you know. Right.
0: But, you know, test. Obviously, you don't trust. Verify everything. Um, (laughs) Support the size of the hole with wood planks to prevent... You know that sand from polluting the water, so you're just you know building off the building off the sides, making a more
1: structurally sound container. Now the one that actually terrifies me the most, the desert. Oh, so here you basically just have to dig a hole deep enough for, to allow water to filter in, and wait, and you know, good
0: luck. You're, so your best bet is going to be in, like, riverbeds. Yeah. Riverbeds in depressions. Anywhere where you can get the lowest or where there's vegetation. Mm-hmm. And, like you said, you're just going to dig. Dig a hole deep enough to allow water to seep in and, you know, take what you can get. Uh, something that's not listed here, vegetation in the desert. So cacti. Yes. So opening up cacti. Cacti will have water in it. If it's not opaque, if it's not opaque, if it's not white, if it is opaque or white, that is yeah, it's no good. Yeah, it's it's dead, right? Toxic to you, essentially. Oh, toxic. Interesting. I don't. I don't, I don't know. I just know you can't drink the water hmm. if it's opaque. So other considerations. So in cold environments, water containers should be stored upside down so it can still be used when it's frozen. Reason being, water freezes from top to bottom. So if you're You know, being around the bush and you have your canteens, flip those upside down in their containers. That way, if you're stopped for a while and the water freezes, you're still able to use the water you have. Also, something that we used to do is we could, you know, put the canteen in, you know, close to your chest. Yep. Sure body heat with it so it doesn't freeze. Avoid any water with a foul odor. Faster moving water has more oxygen and typically fewer microorganisms does not mean it's clean Right. So don't just go to a a rapids, fill up your canteen. Be like, yep. Good to go. Still treat that thing. (laughs) You're you're still going to get sick and fresh rainwater collecting containers does not require purification. I mean, directly into your container. So if you're collecting like off a roof, you know, off tree, you know, falls from tree vegetation, you know, down off a rock or wherever, that is still collecting all the microorganisms, all the bugs and whatever else run off from those surfaces that you're collecting the water from that still needs to be purified. Hey guys, seven from the hard time strongman podcast here to bring a quick word for our newest sponsor, blackbeard Firestarters. We first saw blackbeard fire a few years ago. And after seeing what the product can do, it's been our kit ever since Their fire starter rope and their fire plugs are windproof, Warproof, dummy proof, they have insane burn time, and like anything else that they offer, it just works. Besides their fire stars, they offer an Arc Collider, Feral Rod, stormproof Matches, basically anything that you need to get a fire started. To better equip you, we cherry picked their inventory and made our Hard Time Strongman Fire Kit. Basically our essentials kit for anything that you could need to get a fire started. But besides that, they're offering 10% off anything in their store when you use the code STRONGMEN. We love the guys at Blackbeard Firestarter. We love what they're doing. We trust them and we trust their products. And we honestly can't recommend them enough. Make sure to check them out online at blackbeardfire.com or on Instagram at blackbeardfire. Huge shout out to the guys at Blackbeard Fire for working with us and for bringing the fire. As always, guys, stay in the fight.
1: Hey, everybody, this is 6 and 7 with the Hard Time Struggle Men Podcast. We are coming to talk to you about our Patreon and Discord.
0: Hey, guys, our patrons get early access to all of our episodes. They get all of our exclusive pre and post shows, all of our spicy takes, all of our rabbit holes that we go on, everything that we want to include in the episode, but we can't because we need to stay on topic. And soon enough, we will be offering digital downloads, guides, everything that we've been working on in the background will
1: soon be available to our patrons, so make sure to check it out. And come hang out with us on Discord. Speaking of the spicy stuff, this is where we discuss most of it. Once you're there, you'll get access to all of our in-depth discussions, including stuff like homesteading, field craft, medical, camping, communications, shooting. You like ARs? Come talk to us about it. You like 4x4 vehicles and prepping? Come talk to us about it. You like Tannerite, Thermite, Napalm?
0: Come talk to us about it. all of the campfire talks that would get us kicked off of other platforms.
1: It's right there in our Discord. Come join our community. We're active on Discord every day. We're interacting with members constantly. We have guys from every walks of life coming to contribute their expertise to all of these various fields and subjects that we've been talking about. Come join the Discord. Come join the Discord.
0: Join our community. Build up that better class of man. Now back to the episode.
1: So let's talk about some of the methods of water collection. This first one is probably your favorite. I keep hearing you talk about this, the rain roof. Homesteading. Yes. Yeah, I love rain roofs. So rain roof, as
0: I know it, is just a super efficient way to collect water. So you're essentially building a, a mini roof with you know that isn't on top of any structure. It is a mini structure. Just support a few feet off the ground, and you're going for square footage. The way that I've seen them done a few feet off the ground, off, you know, metal, um, you know, metal tubing, Mm -hmm. uh, metal roofing sheets, however much square footage that you want to collect at a, you know, slight angle, slight decline, collects into a gutter gutter gets piped out to your, uh, to your water storage. And there is a lot of math that I do not know that, you know, helps you calculate how much water you're actually collecting Per square footage for, you know, however much time of rainfall, but it's actually a pretty ludicrous amount, how much you can collect.
1: So yeah, pretty, I, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with that one. Yeah. This next one's also a really good one. If you're in a pinch, do collect dew by tying a uh, cloth, fine grass, sponges, etc., to the lower legs and walk through glad, walk through grass. Like it'll just. Oh yeah. Man versus wild. Yeah survivor man. Yeah. I remember grew up as a freaking 13 year old. I oh <laughs> think I could do half that crap. <laughs> I feel like it's not going to collect a whole lot that way, but I mean, I guess I could be surprised.
0: I don't know. I feel like it's just depends on your efficiency of effort. If you have super tall grass and you have a lot of it, like you're in a little prairie, eh, why not? Yeah. If okay. you're already traveling through, then, you know, you're not wasting water and calories on it. It's one way to do it at least. Yeah. Fair. And plants we talked about a little earlier. So you need to ensure that whatever plant that you're trying to attempt to collect water from, you're able to possibly identify it because you don't want to try to suck on a freaking poison Ivy plant for water. That's just not going to be a great day. It's going to be hilarious for me. Oh, and you'll probably be dead. Um, And ensure that whatever water that you do collect from plants isn't discolored. It's yeah. not opaque. It's not white. It doesn't have an odor. If you know none of this is present, then you're probably safe to drink. If not, it's a really weird way to play Russian roulette. But you know, whatever you do, you yeah.
1: All spills, always filter it. Always, you should be filtering regardless. Yeah.
0: All right. This is another cool way: a vegetation bag. Hmm. or bags still. So, you fill a plastic bag between a half to three quarters full of your vegetation, and you tie that around a leafy branch of a tree. Make sure that the bag is airtight. You place a rock in the bag to draw the water via gravity, and you ensure that the water is in direct sunlight. Hmm. And you collect all the water that's present before sundown. Or it'll be reabsorbed. That's a weird sciencey one.
1: It's kind of complicated, but need to know. I mean regardless. It's not that complicated. It's it's pretty understandable. It's it's kind of cool to yeah, even think US about college. it. I, yeah, I know. I didn't even really think of it that way. But it's like, yeah, that's true. I mean, you water your grass at night and it's just gonna be soggy. But you water throughout the day. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Yeah.
0: Well, I honestly thought it was what you'll you'll talk about this next one, but what I thought when I was you know writing out this episode were, was the below ground still. Oh yeah, because I've seen this on. I don't even know how many survival shows they always showcase
1: this one. Oh yeah, pretty much exclusively. This is showcased on all those shows because it's almost foolproof. So you're below ground source still. This pulls water from the surrounding earth additionally and separates the drinking water from the salt water or the polluted water. What you want to do is dig a hole approximately three feet round by two feet deep. Then you dig a smaller hole in the center and this size depends on the size of the water container. Place that container upright in the center hole. Place a plastic sheet over the hole anchored by soil around the perimeter. Place a rock in the center of the sheet. If the polluted or salt water... If polluted or salt water is used, build a trough around the perimeter of the hole to dump the water into. So basically, it's like
0: a reverse teepee. Yes, kind of with the roof, mm-hmm. because you're making a roof out of the plastic machine that's going to collect all the water and have it run down with the rock. But it, you know, rises with evaporation, and then as it, you know, gains mass and weight, it naturally has to run down. That's what you collect. This is definitely a passive way of
1: collecting water. This is an all-day thing, but yeah, like you said, it works. It, it works, and it leaves all the pollutants and salt in that trough that's around the perimeter of the hole. And another mention for a seepage well. So seepage well, that's exactly what we we're talking
0: about with um, just digging down deep enough until water starts seeping into the hole. So it can be used in most environments. Uh most, or I guess best case here, most advantageous place would be outside the bends of a dry river bed, cliffs or rocks, low areas protected by the sun, and damp surfaces or subsurfaces. So anywhere you would suspect there to be water, you know, obviously, you know, the, the deep places where there's river beds or, you know, things that are
1: protected from the sun, then just start digging. Yep. It's like do. But now that we've talked about that, let's talk about the things that should keep you up at night. When you fail. You're drinking water. When you fail at water, water. Drinking water hazards. Giardia.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a microscopic parasite that lives in the intestines of people and animals. The parasite is passed in the bowel movements of infected animals or people. Poop. Yes. Poop. It's poop. If you... Poop where you drink water, you're going to get sick. So, giardia causes giardiasis. It's characterized by... Characterized? Sucked at pronouncing that. It's characterized by severe diarrhea, severe abdominal cramps, weight loss, dehydration, symptoms appear one to two weeks after infection, and last (laughs) between four and six weeks. So, listen. If you are dealing with this in a survival situation, you're dead. Yes. If you're not like, you know, crapping your brains out right by a riverbend where you can get water all the time, because you're going to dehydrate and you're, you're freaking dead.
1: The problem with that, though,
0: because you need if you're sick, you if you suspect this, you need to increase the amount of clean water, safe water you're drinking. If you don't have it, you don't have it. You know, you're done. What 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 season was that? That we watched on Alone. Oh my god. Where the dude thought that he could purify water just by running
1: it over a mossy rock. I don't remember, but I do remember him doing that and thinking to myself, yeah. this is the he, dumbest man alive.
0: And then he caught a parasite. Yep. And he's like, Oh, my stomach hurts. Oh, I'm pooping my leg like, and then he and then he had to get met out. Yep. Because what did you think was gonna happen?
1: Right. Oh yeah, you can run it over some moss and it'll get all the no, no, it freaking won't. It absolutely will not. Especially not bacteria. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, thank God that he was in a fairly controlled environment. Imagine if he was trying to do that like in an actual life or death situation. We would then never dead. We would never know his name because he'd be dead. I was gonna say you'd get eaten by a pair and you never knew who or where he was. Mm-hmm. Your turn. Uh Your
1: turn. Cryptosporidium, Cryptosporidium, yeah, Cryptosporidium. Cryptosporidium, Cryptosporidium is also a tiny parasite, and it causes it causes cryptosporiosis, cryptosporidiosis, cryptosporidiosis. Jesus, it's okay. We're gonna do a medical terminology class at some point. I am not. I've never been a, a little medic. bit, but then it'll be better. I I do not belong to the medical community, even if my wife is. I, provider i was gonna say i'm not a medic either get over it yeah so cryptosporidiosis it presents like giardiasis only more severe and prolonged that'll no keep you awake cure, at night dime. oh my god yes no cure there is no cure for this except time diarrhea may be mild and can last from three days to several weeks the only effective way of neutralizing cryptosporidium cryptosporidium is by boiling or using commercial microfilter. Chemical treatments have been... <laughs> oh, Sawyer water filters. Yes, Sawyer water filters. Thank you. Chemical treatments have not shown to be 100% effective in eliminating cryptosporidium. And we talked about this. We talked about this in our in
0: one of our earlier classes on you know, mechanical filtration. Yikes. Any filtration method that you use outside of boiling water you know, check the manufacturer, you know, check the label, right? See what it's actually effective against, what it guarantees against. Because you need coverage on all this stuff, right? And if you have coverage against this and it gets you, it's still got you.
1: That just sounds like a bad time.
0: So literally from three days to several weeks.
1: No cure but time. Which And drinking a lot of good water. You know, Giardia already, already sounded bad enough. You know, one to two weeks after infection and then last four to six weeks. Like, get the hell out of here. And then Cryptosporidium is just even worse. I, thanks, guys. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so I had a stomach bug a while back where I had diarrhea, just severe diarrhea. Or no, not diarrhea, just severe vomiting. Just all all day for like two days. And I had to end up going to the ER where they, you know, just pumped me full of fluids and gave me, um, what they give me? They gave me anti-medic, but dude, I lost 10 pounds. <laughs> yeah. And that was in a Like that was just at home. Like me trying to drink water, me trying to eat food. Like imagine trying to do this in an operating environment and you were that sick. No, I'm like, good. Oh, I cannot Mm, horrible dysentery. Yay. It just makes me think of the Oregon trail. You died from dysentery. Yeah. Severe and prolonged diarrhea with bloody stools, fever and weakness. Also known as if you're alone. Or you have people who can't spend the time to take care of you. You're dead. This sounds like COVID for some people. Sucks to say. Yep. (laughs) Cholera and typhoid. (sighs) Yeah, this is that's so you may be susceptible. Yeah, so y'all may be susceptible to disease regardless of your inoculation status. So regardless of if you got your typhoid shot, uh, could still happen to you. Cholera, profuse watery diarrhea, vomiting, and leg cramps. Typhoid, fever. Typhoid fever, go figure. Uh, headache, loss of appetite, constipation, and gastrointestinal bleeding—basically, your blood, not nice. Or puking up coffee grounds, not great. Ooh, coffee grounds—it's what it looks like. Oh my! So if God. you have a GI bleed and you, so if you have a stomach bleed and you vomit, it so the the blood clots, right? Oh and yeah, it looks yeah, looks like coffee grounds
1: oh my god that's terrible
0: oh it's nasty and gi bleeds reek oh it it reeks so bad gi poops are mm, yeah foul yeah hepatitis a A. yeah hep a diarrhea abdominal pain jaundice dark urine spread through close person-to-person contact ingesting contaminated food or
1: water god
0: that's why we cut out slit trenches that's why you don't poop or pee where you eat that's why you don't poop or pee where you drink
1: that's why hygiene is so freaking important yeah that's why we stopped crapping in the streets
0: some of us did Hey, San Francisco.
1: Good on you guys. Leeches. I mean Democrats. No, I mean leeches. Same difference. If a leech is swallowed, it can hook onto the throat passage or inside the nose and can create a wound before moving onto a different area. These wounds can become infected. No kidding. Absolute nightmare fuel. What the hell? (laughs)
0: Golly. Oh, not to mention just, you know, in the process of you collecting water, if a leech gets on you in your sleeve or in your, you know, trousers or whatever, you may not know it's there. And then, you know, students leech thing, and then you
1: get infection just from that. Yeah. Drinking. Not great. That's crazy, too, because way, way, way back in time. Actually, actually, you know what? Let me let me rephrase that because people are still using leeches. To this day, they are still using leeches. They're still bloodletting? They're Good still mess. bloodletting. No, I can't. Back in the day, leeches were used for bloodletting, which was a process that people thought was supposed to like actually just get the sick out. Yeah, get the sick out. Turns out that's not the case. In some cases, it worked because there could have been an instance of like too much blood. So they just need to get some of it out of an area. But those were few and far between. What it really did was just cause infections and remove blood from people who actually needed the blood in them. Or they were crazy and, you know, you can't bloodlet the crazy out of something unless you're trying to kill it. Depends on how much you bloodlet them. I didn't stutter. Improvised
0: filter. Generally, a container filled with layers of material to trap microorganisms and other contaminants before exiting the container. So example so a plastic bag filled with layers of charcoal sand crushed rock or gravel the idea being the finer stuff is at the bottom right and you're just increasing the gradient as you go so when you dump your wire out it has to go through all those different mediums before it can come out and by that time it should be generally
1: clean that's the hope guys when i was in scouts this was one of the ways that we actually learned how to filter your before or after color. Listen, I'm not that old. I'm old, but I ain't that old.
0: Anyway, did the when you talked, was there a delay before
1: someone heard you or was it at the same time? Anyway, the improvised filter was one of the ways that we actually learned how to in a pinch filter urine. It's not the end-all, be-all for it because you still have to use other methods to actually get clean water first. It's the same principle that we talked about with the ground solar filter because you evaporate the urine, it gets all the ammonia and crap out, and you're left with water. You still have to filter that. You can't just drink that. You have to filter it, and I recommend filtering it three times. Add a minute Um, or boiling it or boiling it yes aqua tabs chemical filtration
0: i was gonna say that's all i have for so that's all i have for this for this manual yeah that's all they had on the you know in the chapter but you know we've talked like you know we talk about this all the time right you should always have at least three ways to purify your water you should have a mechanical filtration system you should have a chemical purifier and you should be able to boil water your gold standard is always going to be boiling. boiling. Yep. Always. So you don't need to mess with, you know, memorizing the altitudes. Just boil it for three minutes, whatever water you have. And that, you know, a rolling boil, right? And that will be safe to drink. You can add salt for taste, but, you know, that's always going to be your gold standard. But have, you know, something, especially with survival situations, you should never be caught with your pants down with this one you know (laughs) you can make this stuff work in a pinch yes you can is it best case no No. are you maybe you know causing infection maybe that's going to cause you longer to you know get back up to fighting shape but you know the whole thing with this is survival right yeah it's not best case scenario As, as far as this manual goes that's all i have for water As far as collection, as far as purification, as far as what happens if you don't, you know, purify, but there, you know, we can always, you know, call back to our, you know, our normal recommendations, right? Have some sort of chemical filtration. So whether that is bleach, whether that is iodine tablets, whether that is aqua tabs, have mechanical filtration. There's a lot of different mechanical filters now. Uh, Grail is a lot of, uh is one that a lot of people use i don't really like it because it's you know bulky for not a lot of volume but you can get gravity filters you can get you know the straws you can get sawyer filters comes in you know several variants um and then having you know at least three ways to to make a fire so you can boil water jet boil a, a, a cool tool for the toolkit for that was the uh, was he superheating the stones yeah, I really liked that out of this chapter. I thought that was neat. Mm-hmm. Something I hadn't really considered before. But, you know, if you fashion yourself a little container, you know, a, a hole and you're able to throw enough stones in there where you can boil water for three minutes, dude, that's safe to drink. <laughs> you know, that's pretty cool. Now, should you, you know, throw a filter on there to get the residual sand out? Yes, but it is safe to drink. It killed whatever is in there. But... No, that's all I have, man. You have anything else? Nope, nope I'm good. Alright, guys. Well, that was our class on water from ATP 3-50.21 survival. If you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, let us know. But until next time, we are the Hard Time Strongman Podcast. drink up a bear class of man. Stay in the fight. Stay in the fight. Guys, this is Six and Seven with the Hard Time Strongman podcast. Wanted to take a second to do a mental health check in and to tell you all about the 988 Crisis Lifeline. So, the 988 Lifeline is a national network of local crisis centers that provides free and confidential emotional support to people in suicidal crisis or emotional distress 24 hours a day, seven days a week in the United States. You can reach the Lifeline at 988lifeline.org. Or you can call or text 988 to get help, to get someone real on the phone.
1: Every struggle is different. Every struggle is hard. But you are not alone in whatever you're going through. As someone who has used the 988 crisis line, I fully recommend that if you're feeling any of those feelings of depression, suicide, hopelessness, Get in touch with them immediately. They will help you. They will listen to you.
0: Once again, guys, you can reach the lifeline at 988lifeline.org or you can call or text them at 988. As always, guys, stay in the fight. Stay in the fight.